All right, guys, welcome back to the Buck Fever podcast. We are in for a classic one here today. It's just me and Jake, and we're going to do a little bit of a, a quicker one. Last week's episode got kind of out of hand. We just really got going on some stuff. It was a fun one. It was a lot of good topics. Um, definitely a good one to listen to, but we, I mean, we were pushing like two hours there. So we're going to try and limit this one a little bit. Just go for a half an hour or so, and we really mainly want to just talk about food plots. Um, it, it's going to be a little ways out before you're really going to see them come to fruition, but a lot of the planning that goes into it, a lot of the work that goes into it up front, you kind of want to be thinking about right now. I mean, we're coming up into July here really quick, and a lot of the plots you're going to want for the fall and the winter, you're going to be planting like in August, and so you kind of got to get ready. You don't want it to sneak up on you. You're going to miss some things, but... Uh, yeah, Jake, I know you were up there um, working this past weekend. I know you're doing a bunch of stuff up there. How did that go? Pretty good. We were mainly just going up there to put up stands, which was a pretty dumb idea considering it was about 95 degrees out by 8.30 in the morning, so that kind of sucked. But um, the wind picked up later in the day, so made it a lot better, a lot more bearable. I think I drank like 10 bottles of water. It was It was crazy, but that's what we get we we know better we've done it too many times that late in the year the bugs are horrible ticks are everywhere but uh, we got it done so but um i also had some extra time and uh i figured i'll go dis up some of our old food plots that we plant every year and um i grabbed the tractor with the ripper on it and ripped up two new ones which i've been wanting to do for a while and just never got around to it um these ones are they're not really food pots we're gonna hunt over like we don't have stands over excuse me these two new ones that i just ripped up they're more so for like uh, i don't know just kind of a food source that they can go to because my plan is to try and plant corn i know it's super late but i'm gonna try it like usually you want corn and obviously for farmers they're putting it in early may or as soon as the frost is out of the ground but for me i don't really care i'm not taking it for crop obviously just gonna leave it up all year round and hopefully they uh my hope is that they'll winter there longer and drop some sheds or you know just kind of feel more comfortable and more willing to stay on our property yeah that makes a ton of sense that's that's a good distinction to make too when it comes to food plots there's a lot of different things you can do and a lot of different strategies they don't all have to be plots you can hunt over but yeah it was uh it's been brutal for a little while now as far as temperatures and weather conditions out there the i mean i know you were working outside today just like most other people were, and you could see just fog everywhere, just haze from the fires going on right now, and so it's it's right. been a, it's been a little rough out there, anyways. But you know, we just left our our tree stands up last year, never took them down, so I don't even know if they're still standing. We got to go check this weekend. I mean, the mice could have got <laughs> to them, hurricane, who knows? But I don't think that's the best idea either. No. Well. <laughs> it's just it's just better on the stands you'll get them to last a lot longer like we've had these four or we've had these for four years now and i mean you got the occasional rust which happens when you put them out for five six months out of the year but taking them down in the winter really helps so they're not just pounded on with snow and they don't grow into the trees and whatnot so yeah exactly. really help right yeah well so you you mentioned you had been looking to get these plots in for a little while now and i know we've we've both kind of been talking about it and kind of thinking about how that might uh, be able to improve things um you know just go in depth a little bit more about like where they're where they're located on your property and like how they set up for you okay um well the one 
the one that I'm, the one I did, I knew I was going to do it. I've been looking at them for a while. And then the other one was just kind of on a tractor. There, it was an old food plot like a long, long time ago before I ever hunted. And I was like, well, I'll give it a shot. That one's, that one's closer to a field edge uh, next to one of our spans. Like it's a travel area where they'll come through. But like I said, we're not going to, we don't put us, we're not going to put a stand on that where you can hunt over it. So that one, that one I'm not too real, like not too promising with it, but you never know. I mean, more food, the better. So uh, you got, well, there's beans all the way around the woods this year. So that's, that's why I want to plant corn. Not that it's really that big of a difference, but uh, more sanding corn. If you have sanding corn all year, they're going to want to stay there. So that one, that one's kind of just right on the field edge uh, on the outside of the bedding. But then the other one I put in is like basically snap, sorry, slap dab in the middle of all the bedding, like pine trees just surrounding it all over, and it's just boom right in the middle of it. So that one I'm really hoping is just loaded with deer. I might throw a camera in there later in the year once the, you know, once the leaves start falling, if I even get corn to grow. So I mean, I gotta kind of planning on probably getting that in in a week or two maybe, just because the more. The sooner the better, obviously, like we were saying. But Wisconsin, well, at least the western part of the state has not got a ton of rain, and it doesn't look super great up there. But so that's why I'm kind of glad our our normal food plots aren't in yet either, because they'd be burned out by now. So, right for sure. So have you um have you always been doing food plots this heavily? I know these are new ones, but you know I know you got a bunch of food plots throughout the property. Is this something that kind of has progressed for you guys over the years or was it something that's been going on you know before you were even really involved um i i think they might have tried way before i started hunting and then it just never never really had a time i mean they all had kids and stuff so they didn't have the freedom to go up there whenever Uh, obviously i have a lot more time and can go up whenever i want type of thing and um i kind of started it up again probably eight years ago maybe and then we tried it for like two or three years and just no success didn't really have them in the best spots way too much shade and tree covered not enough sunlight so then we kind of stopped and then i don't know then i might i was probably like 16 or 17 when i could go up there more and drive up there by myself i really like pushed it a lot harder and then we we've had a lot of success shot a good amount of deer off of them and seen a lot of deer and then using them uh they don't we have three main ones and i just added these two other ones but the three main ones just get annihilated i mean they don't grow because the deer eat them so quick like they'll only get up four or five inches and that's it because the deer just pound them down which is obviously a, a good sign i'd wish it'd grow a little a little taller but i've seen like my uncle he fenced his off a few times with just like rope i don't know how well that works i mean if it just kind of deters them like oh man i don't know if i want to try and go around this or over this but maybe i'll try that yeah i know we had talked about that a little bit too just trying to fence it off somehow um who knows i don't know what's out there really for being able to do that a lot of that too though like you said is just having an abundance of other food that they can hit that they're not just gonna destroy those immediately too but it looks like so we had originally talked about maybe eli jumping on the call and it looks like he's ready now so if you don't mind i'm gonna try and call him and we'll just yeah, we'll get him on here because I know they they do some food plot work too. So we'll get we'll get his input. So all right, okay. we'll get we'll get you back here in just a second. Let me call Eli. 
hope he's ready right away when he when we get this going. He doesn't answer now. <laughs> there he is. What's Hello? up, Eli? Oh, not much. <laughs> we we are live. Jake and I are probably about 10 minutes in here. So we got 20 minutes to go, give or take, something like that. Um, he's on hold right now. I'm going to merge the calls, and then we'll be, uh, we'll be all in one little system here. Sounds good. Beautiful. We've had some technological difficulties here um, just trying to get this thing started, but that was about as smooth as it could go, trying to get everything hooked up. I think everybody's on here. Can you still hear me, everybody? Any of them. Yep, I'm here. Jake's here. I am also here. Eli's here. We're perfect. We're literally perfect. So just to kind of bring you back up to speed here, Eli, we've been talking food plots a little bit this episode, um, mainly because if you're doing them, a lot of the work that you got to put in is going to be happening like right now, pretty quick here, whether it's mowing them down, getting them sprayed, getting them tilled up, planted, all that stuff is going to be kind of happening here pretty quick. I know we've lost out a couple of years where like it just snuck up on us and we get there and it's like, oh, we don't actually have the time to be able to get all this stuff done and planted here. And that's really hurt us sometimes. So uh, we kind of got a good rundown on, on Jake's food plot situation. Um, what's the... What's the food plot status for, for you and Colby? Uh, we have not started doing any work on them yet, um, but um, we typically will put in one food plot. Um, there's another area that we've talked about putting a food plot in that we just haven't gotten around to, to getting it in because it's going to be a little more work intensive. But, um, yeah, probably – uh, first or second week of July here, I'll head out and I'll spray uh, everything and kill it off. Uh, and then we typically will plant around the last week of July or first week of August for all of our fall plots. Yeah, so Jake kind of talked about how um, he, he's got a mixture of plots. He's got some that are more hunting plots where they've had – good success the past couple of years um shooting deer off of them and then this year he's put in a couple plots that are really more just going to be like standing corn just to have um tonnage there for the deer to be able to eat and hopefully stick around a little bit later into the season even into the winter maybe spend time there where they're going to be shedding their antlers um so what what does the mixture look like for you guys are you doing more hunting plots more just having food sources what's what's the deal there uh, so ours are, the one that we put in is more of a hunting plot. Uh, it's not really a large enough area um, to sustain a deer herd once you get later into the winter. So what we're really focused on, um, and we've talked about how Pat and I both love the early season, uh, we're really focused on the early season when those deer are just hammering on greens um, to get get ready for for fall and put some put some weight on yeah absolutely so 
Um, when it comes to planting, soil can be kind of a big, big issue. Um, different properties are going to have different soils and even um, s the same property, if it's big enough, might have different soils in, in different ends of it. Um, so we'll go to Jake first here. I know it's something that we've done a little bit more and more recently the past couple of years, but um, lime, what, what's been your plan with, with lime the past couple of years? Well, you and I, well, I sh let me backtrack. Where I hunt, it's like basically sand, really, really sandy. And you and I went out there thinking we did the pH testing, right? Yep. Whether we did it or right or not, I don't know, but I think it was pretty accurate. We were like like six maybe on the pH scale. One of them was maybe five, which is pretty cool. I mean, seven is perfect or what you want, correct? Right, right. yeah. And so we weren't far off. Um, we've been putting on... I mean, you what they call for it's it's like an absurd amount. Like, was it like thirteen hundred pounds an acre or something like that? They want you to put on to yeah. really get your level up. It, it's something crazy. It's I something think. insane, yeah. So, I mean, we've only been doing. I think we bought like, I don't know, a couple hundred pounds, maybe maybe two thousand pounds at fifty pounds a bag, and we split that up among three plots. Okay. Uh, I've been talking with some other people, and I don't think they put it on every year. I don't know if we really need to, but we have the last three years put it on every single year. Whether or not it helps, I don't know. Um, like, like I said, the soil's pretty decent to begin with. We can get stuff to grow. It's just we can't keep it, keep the deer out of it, and then not have them eat it right away, type of thing. Right. Uh, I want to get into the fertilizer, fertilizing it like right after you plant, type of stuff. I know you and I talked about it a little bit. We just never got around to. To really doing it and i'm sure that we'd see a pretty a tremendous increase in growth if we actually did it so yeah for sure eli what what do you guys do with lime do you use it or no uh we're pretty fortunate um down here in the southwestern part of the state uh, the area where we have our plot down here uh, is is old pasture and it's um, right next to a bunch of tillable so there are plenty of uh, nutrients in the ground already um, and pH has never been a problem uh, before so uh, we'd basically just kill it and till it and throw the seed down um, depending on how it's looking we might put a little bit of fertilizer on it to help it help it grow but uh, we really haven't had to do much of that. Uh, now up by Colby's cabin, uh, soil's a little bit different up there. So I know that in the past they've put quite a bit of lime down um, just to, to help correct the pH and get that where it needs to be. But <clears throat> I haven't had to do a ton with that down in this area. Yeah, that's always nice. When when you do use fertilizer, what do you guys use? I off the top of my head can't even tell you right now. Okay. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I know. Like, I was looking at it because we've kind of talked about certain seed companies too, and which ones work a little bit better and which ones don't. Um, in in our experience, and I was reading the back of some of the little containers and. It looks like uh, 19, 19, 19 was like kind of the the go-to um, mixture, which it's 
you know, when it comes to that sort of stuff, especially for food plots, it's hard because a lot of it the farmers are using. So it's like easier to buy in bulk, but you don't necessarily need bulk because you might only have like a quarter acre plot or something or a couple of quarter acre plots. Maybe you have a total of an acre, but still like to get, you know, you, you just don't need that much. And sometimes the surprise you have the supplies that you have, the machinery to get it all spread out. Like if it's a mixture you add to water, you might not have a sprayer. Maybe you only have a sprayer, so pellets don't work. I know fertilizer is just something that like we just don't have enough experience with, so we kind of struggle to, to get into it. Um, then it's just kind of plant it and pray that it's going to work, pray you get enough rain. But I think it's something that going forward here we got to get into more because um, I do think it, it will help for sure. But, um, Eli, what are you guys planting mainly? You talk about greens. What What does that mixture look like? Uh, it's typically a, a brassica mix. Um, so it's got like alfalfa and rape and some turnips and uh, basically just a bunch of big, big leafy greens. We've, we've put down, uh, we planted sugar beets in the past and those have been dug up. Uh, but like I said, the area that we're that we're planting is not that large, so those get those get ripped out pretty quick um, once you hit later season. And the neighbors that own property adjoining to us, like he's got quite a bit of acreage of food plots. So uh, as far as being able to sustain the herd, um, you know, a lot of the deer shift over his direction once once the ground freezes up and food gets a little bit harder to come by. Gotcha. So, Jake, besides corn, what are you guys planting out there for your green plots? Um, on the one side of the road is usually like one plot's fully just like turnips. And uh, the other, we'll probably put a mixture of like what Eli was saying. You get the, the rape and the clover and that kind of stuff in there. And then on the, usually one on the other side of the road down, it's closer to the river. So the, we'll usually put like peas and oats in there. I don't know. They just seem to like it a lot. It, it really grows well down there, just because it's that's more black, black soil down there instead of the sandy. So, uh, uh, that one, that one grows pretty well. That's usually what we've been with. We, we've been using the domain. Uh, last year we used the domain and it worked really well. So I stick with that again this year. And get those, get them in there. Like uh, Eli was saying. End of July usually is when we try to get them in. I know that can be a, a drought time of the year, kind of hit or miss whether you get rain or not, but that's just when we do it. Are you usually, like, looking for rain? Like, you're just waiting to see when the forecast is going to call for rain and then try and get it in around that time? I mean, that's definitely on our on our radar. We don't necessarily plant around that, but definitely helps. Like, if, if we see maybe the first week in August is going to be way better than the last week in July and we're, we're free and available. We probably would shift and wait till then type of thing. Yeah. I think that's, that's what we usually try and do. We try and get it in the rain. Is that, um, is that your same strategy, Eli? Uh, yeah, we're, we're a little bit more limited on time, but ideally you can get that seed down and have it rain immediately after um, last year last year we did not have rain um, 
for quite a while after we put it in and it was supposed to rain we just got like a sprinkle and then it was like a drought in august so it took a little bit for that for that plot to grow and it didn't come up as as thick uh, as as it usually would just because we kind of missed the the growing window for for those plants um, for about three weeks i think it took before stuff actually started to really take off so okay so when you talk about uh, like hunting plots um, ones that you're going to have a stand over what are some things people should know about that because i know that that's it's one of the big no-nos to spook deer off of a, a hunting food plot that's like one of the best ways to turn deer away from your property completely because th if they don't feel safe eating they they don't really feel safe much at all so you kind of have to protect that a little bit but it can also be a great place to shoot bucks and i know jake shot blade runner a couple of years back right on one of the food plots in the heart of the property so um what's what's your advice to people as far as hunting plots eli uh the biggest things i would say would be number one know what the wind is going to going to be doing well for us it's a mix of wind and thermals um, the last thing that you want is for deer to be out on that food plot and smell you uh, that's a pretty good way to get them to turn nocturnal very quickly um, so be a, make sure that you're going to be able to play the wind and then do not hunt it unless you have the correct wind. Um, the second thing I would say would be pay attention to your access in and out. So uh, knowing that deer are probably going to start feeding right before dark, um, you're probably going to have deer near you um, if you're hunting that plot. So the biggest thing is how do you get out of there without being detected? Um, so ours, we have a, a fence line uh, and we leave about eight feet of tall grass um, between the fence and the food plot. And then our, our tree stand is right up in a, it's actually tucked into a box elder um, where there's a bunch of branches and leaves around you. So crawling down with the exception of clanking something on the ladder of the stand, uh, those deer can't see you. And there's usually on the other side of the fence, it's usually corn um, right up tight to it. Uh, and then on the years where it is beans, uh, you just gotta be extremely careful um, and make sure that there's nothing out in that 15 yards of beans before the strip of corn would hit. So um, we use we use grass and the corn for for cover um, to be able to slip out of there. Uh, it's pretty much impossible to get out of it once you get later in the season. So those would be my big things. Uh, if I had a third point, I would say um, put if if you're going to try to kill something on it put your food plot somewhere where it's going to be very close to deer bedding um, and have it act as sort of a staging staging area 
uh, where that's going to be the first destination that deer hit when they get up out of bed and feed. And then once it's dark, they're going to move out to the bigger egg. Um, so you got to be able to get them there while it's still daylight in order to be able to kill one off of it. Yeah, those are some good points there. Um, how far off of the plot is your stand? Uh, the plot comes within about eight yards of the stand. Okay. Maybe five, maybe even five yards. Um, but it's roughly 40 yards wide. So, uh, the area where the deer are coming out of is, is usually on the, on the further edge of the, of the plot. Gotcha. Yep. That makes a lot of sense there. Um, Jake, is there anything off the top of your head that um, Eli didn't bring up that you've learned from over the years with plots to have some success there? Mm, no, he covered it, but, uh, well, he talks about the getting in and out. Well, when I killed Blade Runner, I didn't think I'd see a deer that night because I broke so many twigs on the way in and just made a bunch of noise. So then last week when I was up there, I took the tractor and I just ripped and dissed and tailed the path all the way back to the field so it's all dirt so now it should be quiet as a mouse going in there as long as we keep it maintained which i think is going to help a lot because um that's it's a risky stand i like to i like to go after them um been pushing my dad and uncles a little more like that i like to i like to really risk it and um but within a reasonable manner Right. I mean, we're not going in there every single day. Like I said, the wind has to be perfect, and we rarely get an east wind, but when we do, we go in there. And uh, so I ripped that up, and uh, it's kind of another big no-no to have the stand right on the plot, or in my case, it's kind of in the plot, because it's not a, that plot's not a circle. Like, it's it's just a goofy shape. It goes all the way around trees and stuff. It's, I don't know, a couple, it looks like two figure eights, basically. And uh, it's in a pine tree, which is fine. Uh, the cover's fine. They don't really see you up there. You're tucked in there. It's pretty high up, and it's pretty full. But it, it's in the plot. Like, it goes around you. So, I mean, that's, some people might think that it's not the right way or the best way to do it, I should say. But, like I said, I've been improving the, the way to get in there, and I think that's going to help a lot this year. It's basically a dirt path you got to walk on. So Plus, the deer like walking on that, so it makes it easier and makes them want to come in there, too, is what we found, at least. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, access is huge. I mean, you guys both obviously talked about it. Um, it it's something that, whether you're going to a food plot stand or any other stand, um, if you can't get in and out without spooking deer, you're not going to have the greatest chances of success in the hunting woods. Um, it's something that maybe gets overlooked from time to time, but like you said, just taking some of those simple steps now to try and move some of those branches out of the way, like make it just a little bit quieter, a little bit uh, more cover, some of those things. You'll be thinking about how you can get in and out because you could have the best stand in the whole world, but if you can't get into it or out of it without scaring those deer away, then you're not really going to see them come back when you're actually in the stand trying to hunt them. So that's definitely um, good points to, to add there. Um, I want to get it wrapped up here pretty quick. Maybe... Um, one last thing here. Um, we'll start with, with Eli. When it comes to hunting food plot stands, is this more of a morning venture, afternoon venture, or either or? Uh, 
for me, it's strictly afternoon. Um, I will say that with an asterisk. Once, <clears throat> once we start getting closer to the rut, uh, end of October, early November, um, I will hunt on the food plot and the reason for it is not because I expect to, you know, kill a deer that's out there feeding. Um, the reason that I hunt there is because we also have a 110 gallon water tank dug into the ground. And as soon as those deer bucks start running, that water becomes a huge, huge attractant. It's also an attractant early in the season when, when things are hot. Um, but a lot of those, a lot of those bucks, you'll see them right in the middle of the day, uh, mid cruise, stop the water tank, take a drink, and then they're back on their way. Uh, the other thing that I have out in my, in my food plot is uh, we put a tree koi up there, so you get doe that are in and out of there throughout the night, some bucks that are in and out of there throughout the night um, that are feeding and it's just natural for them to leave their scent then at the tree koi so um once, once again you're back into the rut and i'm not necessarily hunting the food uh in the morning but those bucks that are up cruising a little bit later you know they're gonna go and take a drink and then and check those check that scrape because it turns into a big big community scrape um where all around that tree koi things are things are uh, scraped up and, and every deer that goes into the plot that time of year is going to hit that. Yeah, that's a good good point. I know you did something similar to that, right, Jake? Yeah, he, had, he nailed it. I mean, that's exactly what we do. Don't hunt them in the mornings until the rut because, well, one, anything can happen in the rut, but like we said, like, or like Eli said, we have water on all of ours. Um, and the one has a, a fake tree. Well, homemade tree just a four by four post with put a flag holder on it you can stick a branch into and i'll always go in there like end of october tear it up put a bunch of scent down and then this just yeah like you said becomes a community scrape and that food plot's pretty much right in the middle of the woods in between two bedding so it's just a highway gets tore up pretty good so then you got an even better chance of especially in the morning maybe that's more of a morning that's when we're gonna hunt them in the morning is obviously the rut and like Eli said, we're not hunting it because they're going to come in there and feed, but just because it's they're running like crazy or you know coming to get water and not not necessarily even to be in there for food. So yeah, no, I gotcha. Yeah, that that's some good stuff there, boys. That's uh, I, I want to try and stick to our half an hour, um, and I think we we maybe are already a minute or two over. But um, just to kind of summarize things up a little bit. You know, if you're looking to start a new food plot or you, you've been doing them for a little while, but maybe they're not turning out the way you thought and you really want to figure out what's going on, um, I think for most of us, pretty much the, the, the strategy is to make sure it's mowed down decent um, leading up to it, and then you're probably going to spray to kill everything off. Um, you want to do that a couple weeks early before you're looking to, to till it up. Um, so a couple weeks after you mow and spray, then you can get everything tilled up and then it should be fairly easy to till because you shouldn't have too much tall crap in there. Everything should be short and dead. Um, so you can kind of 
fill it all up pretty easily. And then at that point is when, if you're going to add lime, you add it. Um, you can Google the calculations on it. It is a ridiculous number. Um, you're going to be probably paying thousands of dollars worth of lime for any uh, for a food plot of any size if you really follow the recommendations. Um, but you know, I think any little bit probably helps. Um, and then so you can add that, and then you're going to be planting. Um, you know, maybe a week later, give or take, a couple days later, something like that. Try and plant around the rain. Hopefully you get rain within a day or two of, of planting. That's going to really help to um, let those seeds germinate and, and take off the way you need them to. And then you can uh, fertilize kind of at, at that point and then maybe even fertilize after, you know, three or four weeks or something, depending upon what the, depending upon what the seed calls for. And usually any bag or container of seen, seed that you buy is going to have instructions on that as well. So um, yeah, how does that sound, guys? As a as a general summary for planting food plots, that sound about right. I'd agree. Yep, sounds good. Not saying we're experts, but <laughs> no, a little bit. Know enough to be dangerous, and uh, we've had a little bit of success over the food plots over the years. So, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up, and we'll be coming at you with with more content here throughout the summer. Some more. Um, how-tos and, and things of that nature as we get our properties all ready and do our summer deer chores and um, we keep saying this but fall is going to be here before we know it and uh, hopefully the food plots will be nice and lush at that point and we'll be hunting over them and having success and bringing that to you guys as well so really looking forward to this stuff coming up um, just glad we get to keep having these having these chats um, so yeah um, thank you guys Thank you guys for joining me tonight, and, and thank you to everyone who's tuning in right now, listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel where you're going to find pretty much all of our content. We've got a lot of good stuff on there already and plenty more to come. And if you're listening elsewhere, uh, we appreciate any, any five-star reviews you can give us as well. That helps a ton. So thank you guys, and we will see you guys next time.